0: Mindfulness Mode, 53.
1: As I recovered, waking up out of my coma when I was age six, I had a lot of opportunities to practice mindfulness.
0: Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy mindful tribe in our last episode we heard how brandon beecham used mindfulness even while starting a business from scratch while living on his friend's couch in this episode you'll hear joel bogus talk about using mindfulness after coming out of a coma if you know anyone who could benefit from learning about mindfulness from real life experiences please share this podcast with them Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Joel Bogus on the line today. Hey, Joel, are you in mindfulness mode? Of course, Bruce. Are you kidding? I'm talking to the man that knows mindfulness. <laughs> Joel Bogus is a man whose passion it is to help others rebuild confidence and move into a fulfilling life. He's a coach, podcaster, author, and speaker. As you get to know Joel, you'll discover he has a strong Christian faith and he uses that faith to live the best life he possibly can. He's truly mindful and is one of the most grounded and focused people you will ever get to know. His book, Finding Your Voice, is an Amazon bestseller, and his relaunch podcast has received rave reviews since its start in 2014. Joel has recently been invited by Success Magazine to run a monthly article and has also been approved as a contributing writer for Huffington Post. So Joel, tell Mindful Tribe, what does mindfulness mean to you?
1: Sure. Hey, Bruce, by the way, thank you so much for having me on the show. This means a lot to me. I I don't take these invitations uh, for granted, so thank you. And congratulations, by the way, on making this show available as such a powerful and mindful uh, resource. Good job.
0: Well, it is my pleasure.
1: You know, mindfulness is all about being aware. At least that's the way I understand it. It's, it's being aware of where you are in you know, any given moment and being able to really take advantage of the opportunities that are there, the opportunities for for relationship, the opportunities for connection, the opportunities for... Self growth, the opportunities professionally, personally, emotionally, uh, spiritually, and then to be able to to lean into those different opportunities as they as they present themselves.
0: It's best I can do, buddy. Well, that's great because you know what? Mindfulness really gives us opportunities. And I'm not sure that everybody looks at it that way, but I think that's a great way to look at it. Joel, what gives you the most joy and fulfillment in your journey? Sure,
1: that's a great question. I would say doing what what I absolutely just love to do, the the, the stuff that I lose time over when I'm doing. And Bruce, this probably won't surprise you, but... That's in my studio. I can lose track of time in, in my studio behind the mic doing, doing the uh, the show, being on other people's shows. Um, that that is just a part of me that is it, it has been for a long time. And if you didn't know, Bruce, I, I spent the lion's share of the '90s, you know, behind the mic doing uh, doing traditional radio and also in front of the camera doing television. So. The broadcasting roots run pretty deeply.
0: Well, it certainly doesn't surprise me that you just lose your sense of time when you're in your studio because, you know, it's just so easy and relaxing to listen to you, and you're always dishing out so much content and value. And and at the same time, making the listener just feel totally comfortable. Joel, you've interviewed fascinating, successful people, many who practice mindfulness. And I'm just wondering, tell me some of the guests you think of who value mindfulness and what did you learn from them?
1: Sure. Jack Canfield, without a doubt. Darren mm-hmm. Hardy, uh, another one. I would say Marcy Shimoff is another one. Sally Hogshead. Gosh, today we interviewed uh, Sean Acor, and that was episode 422. So there have been a lot of people that have stepped behind the microphone and that have really uh, shared just tremendous uh, value and their own come-from-behind story about how they were able to really take inventory of themselves and their environment and what they had, their assets, and reach another level in in their life. And gosh, we've interviewed so many people, and Relaunch isn't my first show. I've, I've, I've done you know one or two before this. So we, we've talked to so many people, and they all talk about, in different ways, pretty much three things that, that can help a person. And they, they talk about, You've got, you've got to have the right resources, you've got to have the right relationships, and you've, you've got to have the right routines. And people use different words, but that's really what people are talking about right there as far as helping them be mindful of where they are so that they can, you know, get to really where they want to go.
0: So, Joel, tell us about your routine. Sure. Sure.
1: You know, first thing that I do every morning, I did it this morning, is I go and I walk across the, the house and down the hall a little bit and um, sit in my studio and I spend about 20 minutes. I set my Pomodoro timer, and that's just an egg timer on my computer, for 20 minutes, and then I'll sit there with my gratitude journal and I'll, I'll write it in a way where... It's kind of a of a back and forth dialogue with God, kind of thing, N- not just a laundry list. And I find that that is very, very uh, effective. It's very grounding uh, for for me. And then, kind of on the tail end of those twenty minutes, I'll I'll pull out my my freedom journal, which is you know how I document every every single day uh, goals and to dos and things of that nature. And then I'll I'll write down that that day's game plan. And, and I find that that sets the pace for what typically is, you know, a, a pretty good day.
0: Yeah, so you're able to avoid, you know, bright, shiny object syndrome just by completely staying centered on what you're up to then, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, but, you know, Bruce, um, I, I, I'm a human. And, yeah, shiny objects syndrome gets us all, and it's, and it gets me. So can I avoid it? No, of course not. Because I live in the real world and, and I'm, a, I'm a real person. But I do my I do my best, as we all do, and the people that listen to this show, as they do, to, to stay focused on what it is that you're committed to for that that day or that period or that quarter, and to participate in the routines or rituals that are going to help you get there. I, I, is it a perfect science? No, of course not. But it's it's something that I am getting better at.
0: Well, Joel, you're a very strong man of Christian faith. And sometimes I have people who say to me, well, I'm a Christian, so I don't practice mindfulness. What would you say to them? You know,
1: that's, that's a conversation that they have to have with the man upstairs. I, I can't really speak to that. I just know that you know being, being, being aware of many, many things, the things that are important to you is very uh, important. And and I think that we have a responsibility, not just as Christians, but as people, to do the do the best that we can and, and to plan for our own future and success. And even the Bible says, you know, without vision people people perish. And many people are familiar with that verse. But what my buddy Dave Ramsey says, he has an interesting twist on on that script. And what Ramsey says is that while most people think that that's a scripture about vision, it's actually a scripture about perishing and how to perish. So the, the vision, the plan, I just think it's just part of what's, what's needed to be able to have the impact that you want to have.
0: Thanks for that, Jewel. I know you've been a sought-after coach for years. What form does mindfulness take with your coaching clients?
1: A pretty powerful one actually. Um, a lot of times when people start to do some one- on work, one-on-one work with me. that's hard to say. Yeah it does. <laughs> it, People are coming to the relationship and they think, okay, this is the guy that's going to fix me. And this is, you know, wh- whatever the challenge, the obstacle, uh, you know, he's going to help me over it. But when when you work with people and they, and you create a safe enough space for them to exercise their own their own mindfulness, awareness, and and their own independent thought. That's when it becomes electric, the coaching process, and that's when they become electric, and they're able to find the courage within themselves. To do something that they've never done before, to be mindful of where they want to go and and where they currently are, and to be able to fill in the gap in between those two places. You got to create the safe space first, and I I don't know anybody that does that better than me, frankly. That's one of the reasons I think that on our show, Relaunch, it's been a flamethrower for us because – we do that for our guests and then they're able to to really just have a conversation about their own struggles, habits, hang ups, things of that nature.
0: Joel, I know you have lots of examples of how mindfulness has really worked for you and how, you know, you, you seem to be so focused and so on, but was there ever a time when you just felt the opposite? You felt like you didn't have that sense of focus and mindfulness and being grounded.
1: Sure. Of course. I mean, I'm, I'm a person and that means I'm flawed. So uh, of course there are still to this day, uh, um, you know, th- there are times I remember this morning, you know, I, I stepped on somebody's toes and got out of, got out of a uh, of line and you know, I, I didn't do it intentionally. Uh, no ill will on my part, but I wasn't mindful of the situation, the relationship. And what the right thing to do was, So what did I do? I crossed the line. And you know what? I've done that many, many times before. And I probably will again, because I'm a person. However, when, when you come from a good place, you know, a place of service and, you know, wanting to do the right thing, you know, if you screw up and if you step out of, out of line, you you just admit it, fess up and say, you know what? I was wrong. And then most people are willing to cut you a little bit of slack because they've been wrong too.
0: Well, we certainly all have, that's for sure. I want to talk about discipline and boundaries and, and how do you keep on doing what you do successfully and still maintain your focus and your mindful attitude? Well,
1: focus is what helps me do what I do and, and, and uh, get to a certain level of success in, in business and in life. It's focus. And, I believe personally in the necessity of really being able to zero in on what's most important to you to be mindful of what's most important during this season, the season that you're in right now. And when I talk about seasons, what I'm talking about is where you are in your business growth and development or in your personal growth and and development and being able to not only recognize the season, but also to lean into it. And that is so important. And this is gonna probably sound a little controversial to, to folks, but I believe that we need to be mindful not only of the season, but we need to be mindful of what is the one thing that we need to strive for within that that season. And you know, it's January, it's about the tail end of January as we're recording this show.
0: Mm-hmm
1: so there, a lot of people are setting goals and resolutions and all these kind of things. Well, I, I'm a big believer in goal setting and thinking big, but I'm also a believer in, okay, let's, let's zero it in, you know, instead of setting seven, 10, uh, seven, eight, nine, 10 goals for multiple areas of life, which we all know how well that works. Yes. Let's, let, let's set one, you know, let, let's nail one thing. You know, in, in a three-month period of time or right? in 100 days, you know, in a small manageable block of time. You know, let's burst out of the starting gate and let's let's nail this thing quickly. And then we can move on. However, that's not the way that we've been taught. We haven't been taught to have that kind of a mindful approach, you know, focus like a laser beam. Now, we've been focused. just We've been taught just the opposite, haven't we?
0: Yes, we have.
1: It's like no, you, you here. Here's your life, and here's this pie, and you know here are the spokes in the wheels, or whatever analogy that you want to use. And you, you gotta you gotta spend a little bit of time here, but not too much. You gotta spend a little bit of time over here, oh, but not too much. You gotta spend a little bit of time over here. And you, you know what? I'll be forty-seven next month, and that has never ever worked for me to, to try to do that. And that's just me. But remember, I'm flawed, so that's that's probably <laughs> one of the reasons. But what does work is to be laser beam focused on, you know what, this is what I need to accomplish in this first quarter of 2016. And this is where I'm going to channel my time, energy, and efforts. And when, when, when you have that kind of a mindfulness, you're, you're,
0: you're in the game. I was just thinking, Joel, you were just describing school. You know, school is all about being diverse, all about, well, you didn't do well over here, so you better work on that and improve it. And you, you've got to be able to do all these different things, all the different subjects and, and so on. And it's true. We're taught from a very young age that we have to be able to do everything, not specifically be good at one thing. And I'm sure you learned that you've learned that concept from some of the successful people you've interviewed as well. Without a doubt, you ask
1: anybody that's successful and, and they'll tell you exactly what they're good at and what, what they are rock stars. You know, and, um, and it's not going to be, you know, well, we do these 20 things really, really good. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, this is the one thing that I do and I'm the best person in the world at it. That's, that's what mindful
0: champions do. And what's the one thing you're the very best at, Joel?
1: Without a doubt, I think it's doing my my show, and I think there's a couple of components with that. I think that no one creates a safe space on the show, on a podcast, better than, better than me. And, and I've had all kinds of people from different walks of life on, on this show, and generally, not every time, but just about you know, within the first minute or two before I push record, we're able to, to create that environment. And I remember having Jack Canfield on the show and and I asked Jack and didn't know him personally before the interview, but right in the beginning I said, Jack, what's been the toughest season for you ever in your life? And within the first 60 to 120 seconds of the show, he was telling me about his divorce and and how it just rocked his world and how his wife had found a good lawyer. And well, he got to keep the shirt on his back and his job and that was about it. And $25 million later, there's Jack starting over again. And uh, it, it was amazing how he felt confident and safe enough to just kind of share that with myself and, and my wife and the people that were, that were listening. He didn't know me, you know, he could have said anything, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. And, and I get that type of experience, gosh, with almost every single interview, not every interview, you know, some, some of those interviews have to hit the editing floor because it's not of value to my listener. That's what's important. But, uh, most of them, uh, Tend to work out pretty good.
0: So Joel, when did you first know that you had that area of expertise?
1: Yeah, probably always. But I know within the past few years, when we've really been zeroing in on growing the, the show, I, th- I think that, that came very, very obvious to me. I, I, I've always been good at one-on-one communication that's actually my, my sweet spot that's where i'm the best right and podcasting is just an, another way it's just another vehicle yes of, of having the one-on-one okay. conversation it's like you and i are having a talk having a conversation right now and you know the thousands of people that are in your tribe and my tribe are, are just getting the opportunity to eavesdrop in on us
0: well joel i know you've had a a really interesting life. And you've had a lot of challenges, especially through your childhood. When you think back to some of those challenges, how do you feel you used mindfulness or a form of mindfulness to make your way through it? Sure. Um, probably we'll go into, into my childhood
1: story here. Just know that at age five, you know, I had a near tragic uh, accident that involved a, um, a train bridge, a, uh, a fall and massive skull fractures and so much blood loss that they couldn't even start an IV on my little five-year-old arm oh. uh, when, when the paramedics showed up on the scene. But as I recovered, waking up out of my coma when I was age six, I had a lot of opportunities to practice mindfulness and determination and conviction and, uh, and a belief in myself because I had to. You know, I I had to catch up to my peers. I had to learn how to balance myself and not fall over, which is something we all take for granted. I was learning that again at age six. Uh, Tie tying your shoes, things of that nature, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and um, the whole that journey earlier in life kind of kind of prepared me, I guess, for what I would do later, which is to help you know podcasters, authors, content creators. believe in themselves stay focused on a goal and to be able to carry it out to fruition and you know what's 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 so cool uh bruce is you know i'm in my i'm a middle-aged guy and i'm still doing what what i i kind of knew was a part of me ever since my teenage years helping people with those three things that i've mentioned
0: it's obviously your passion. That's for sure. Joel, I've worked, yeah, I've worked in bullying prevention for over a decade and I've seen how the practice of mindfulness can really make a huge positive difference in the lives of children or adults who have been bullied. Do you have a story about a specific bullying situation you could share with us?
1: Yeah, I was the bully. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> Didn't expect that coming. Didn't see that coming. Did you? No, I I was, you know, um, I, I, yeah. I, I was a jerk. Uh, when, when I was growing up in elementary school, then junior high and, um, I, I was picked on, made fun of. So, so I was the guy, but I fought back and, and I did it in, in such a way where I was going to the principal's office pretty much every day in elementary school. And and I remember that, uh, you know, I'd, I'd go to the principal's office and then I'd get two swats, mm. you know, with the paddle. Remember the yeah. paddle on the wall? And I'd, I'd get two. And then he told me, he said, Joel, every day you come back, I'm going to give you two more. I got up to eight swats a day. Oh, wow. And uh, I don't know if that cured me of anything, but it sure made it hard to sit down uh, for for a little while. But, you know, after after elementary school, and, you know, of course, there, there were bullying situations, which were very demoralizing. And it, I guess it helped me uh, think back to, some of the some of the things that that I put th- people through when, when I was younger mm-hmm. because the tables were turned on me um, big time when I was in high school.
0: Well, you know we don't very often hear somebody share such a vulnerable story as that Joel. So thanks so much for doing that. Really sure. appreciated. Joel, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice?
1: Yeah, I know this is meant to be a quick question, and I'm not going to do really good on that. But I would say that it started with uh, probably Zig Ziglar because he, he's the father of not necessarily mindfulness, but on really being, being aware of... You know, different things, different opportunities. Being being aware of yourself, I would say Zig, and uh, he was actually on the front row at my very first speaking engagement in two thousand and six, and he had his little steno notebook and and he was taking notes and um, got a chance to chat with him after that first speaking gig. That, that was a lot a lot of fun. I knew him personally. Oh, cool. But um, yeah, and, and now I'm giving I give the uh, the January New Year. A kickoff speech every year at uh, Ziegler headquarters. So talk about full circle.
0: Yeah. How has mindfulness affected your emotions?
1: I'm a pretty emotional guy. You can ask anyone that knows me well. But I guess mindfulness helps people. I don't know how well it helps me, because I am a work in progress here. But it helps people keep those those emotional uh, emotions in check, so that you know, you you channel them in, in the best and appropriate way.
0: Joel, tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice.
1: something that we all need to very much be aware of so that when life gets hectic and things start to seem like they're spiraling out of control, that we can just step back and start to focus on our own breathing and our own in and out. In and out, and that can be a difference maker right there. It can lower your blood pressure, it can lower your your stress, and when you take that mindful break, you can come back uh, more recharged and ready to go.
0: Joel, if you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would it be?
1: The first title that comes to mind is "Calming the Chaos," and a lady by the name of Jackie Woodside wrote that book, and she had been a guest on relaunched before. It was, it was a great show and um, calming the chaos.
0: Can you share an app which helps you be more mindful?
1: Yeah, I mentioned it earlier uh, in the in the recording. I, I use a Pomodoro timer. Again, that's nothing but a little egg timer on, on my computer that counts down from whatever time that you set it on. And then it gives you, a, you know, a nice little ringing bells at the end. And, and what I use that time for It's pretty much whatever um, I'm focused on. It might be my gratitude journal. It might be, you know, some quiet time and meditation. It might be when I'm actually performing tasks into my business. It's not really an app because it's actually on my desktop. But, you know, most of us have smartphones or iPhones, and you can just use the stopwatch feature that's right there to help you count down uh, how you spend your time and I have found that just the idea of timing an event creates uh, some unbelievable uh, opportunity, and it also helps you stay focused on, on what it is that you're working on.
0: What advice would you give a person who is new to the idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life?
1: That's a great question. Here's a here's simple answer. Give it a try. I was in my improv class about, oh, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. And we were taking level two improv. So, you know, we had been there before. We were very familiar with improv and kind of how it works. And we do a warm-up at the beginning of, of every class. And we all got up, stood on stage, this little 200-person um, theater that we were in. And then our instructor said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Everything that I've ever, talked, uh, I've ever taught you about uh, being an improv performer, all of the tricks, the techniques tools. I want you to throw those out the window. And I just want you to have fun. I want you to play. I want you to experiment. I want you to do a scene that you wouldn't normally do. I want you to tap in into a scene, even if you have no idea of what you're going to do. I want you to leave a scene before you would normally leave. Just have a little bit of fun with it. And, you know, for five minutes, Bruce, that little theater was electric with people that were enjoying themselves, having fun, you know, playing well with one another. And what that taught us is that when you're not focused on following the rules, but you're just focused on the moment, unbelievable things happen. Mir- miracles happen. So the advice that I would give is don't concern yourself with following the steps outlined in a book. You know, understand the overall concept and start playing, start practicing. Start experimenting with your own version of, of mindfulness. And what'll probably happen is you'll you'll discover what really works for you in, in mindfulness. And it may or may not be carbon copy from you know what the quote unquote experts say. But you know what? That's okay. Give yourself that freedom, flexibility, latitude to create your own program.
0: Joel, I think that's a great suggestion. I don't think we have enough fun in life, a lot of us, so I really like that. Joel, it's been so great chatting with you today. So if Mindful Tribe wants to learn more about what you do and connect with you, what, what can we do? Sure, I'll give you two
1: URLs. And the first one is relaunchshow.com. And that's where we put all of our shows. A lot of the, um, the resources, like my daily uh, column, is posted on, on my website along with uh, many many other things relaunchshow.com and if you're listening to this podcast through an iPhone, uh, you can actually open up your Safari app. it's right there on the front page of your iPhone and enter relaunchshow.com/ ITC and what will happen is poof like magic the um, podcast app will be opened up on your phone automatically to the relaunch show where you can then subscribe, rate, and uh, review us if um, it's a show that uh, is helpful for you.
0: Joel, this has been a real pleasure to talk to you today. And I've really, really benefited from this as have all of Mindful Tribe. Thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Take care. I do as well, Bruce. And I'm going to see you at podcast. I'm so excited about that. And so am I. I am totally excited. Thanks so much, Joel. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.